Well, in the era of all this rapid change, in the era of software like this, right, or OpenAI doing their thing, ChatGPT just like taking everyone by storm, do you even make goals anymore? I mean, do you at the end of the year say, hey, here's our new five-year goal? This business podcast, the Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. So today we're going to be talking about whether or not AI is eating the world. Remember back in the day, it was software is eating the world, right? So now AI has jumped on the scene and the two business guys are going to mastermind on how you can use it to make yourself some money. All right, Rob, how you doing, man? Doing well, brother. Doing well. So off, off screen, everyone, we were talking about how, you know, chat GPT, Dolly, you know, all the stuff that's uh, rolling out of uh, open AI is just, you know, kicking the door down. And we started wondering, well, in the era of all this rapid change, in the era of software like this, right, or open AI doing their thing, chat GPT just like taking everyone by storm, do you even make goals anymore? I mean, do you at the end of the year say, hey, here's our new five-year goal? Because if you make that goal, Rob, then this new something comes in November like it did. It gets a million users. Are you not looking at that and asking yourself, what are we doing as a company? How can we take advantage of this? What companies are going to be spun up to compete with us? You got a five-year goal, and it may not have included anything related to a new technology. So mm -hmm. should you blow up your business plan? That's the big question I want to know, and we're going to get into it. Should you just blow up your business plan when a new tech is introduced? What do we yeah, do? So, so I'm going I'm to let you talk on that question first. What do you think? Because because I think that you already know kind of where I am in that space. But but what are your thoughts? Because I know that you're the you're the new tech, new, 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 new app, new I love software, new I software love, guy. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, Rob asked me, he says, hey, man, you know, how you how you been? What's, what's been happening? I says, well, what's been happening is as I've been noticing this new Tech, these new technologies coming through, it's been, and then I'll go down a rabbit hole and learning them in the middle of having been on the end of another rabbit hole of a new tech, right? So it can get you in a position where you're not, not knowing what to do next because so much stuff is happening so fast. It was just NFTs and then somebody does some bad stuff and you know people get off the NFT wagon. And then it's like cryptocurrency. It's like, well, let's jump in on that. Everybody was jumping in on that. And then people start doing bad things. People, you know, wallets getting stolen and all that kind of stuff. Right in the middle of learning that, OpenAI says, oh yeah, we're ready. We've taken $10 billion that we got you know, eight years ago and we've created something and it's gonna mm -hmm. change everything. Then this comes out and it looks like the new internet in the middle of the new crypto internet, in the middle yeah. of the metaverse, in the middle. So what I have found that works for me is I've always said this, dip your toe in to the new thing. You dip your toe in, you check it out so that you have familiarity. You continually ask yourself, how can I spin something up that for me, that will work for me, but on a separate level. So that way you have, and I've been, you know, for me, bro, I've gone out and I've gotten 
my domain names related to this this new thing, whether it's NFT, Meta, whatever it is. And then I'll spin up a small landing page with some information, maybe trying to see if people kind of land on my page and get over to my newsletter or something like that. That's the dip. That's the toe dip. So that when it spreads like this, now at least you have familiarity and then maybe you've gotten some traffic to your sites or whatever, and you can take advantage of it. This is the beautiful part about positioning yourself with an open mind to what's coming. And I think some uh, entrepreneurial dexterity, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all catch that word, entrepreneurial dexterity. Now, the risks are that you will be new shiny thing out of any kind of consistency. And that's the potential balance sometimes. Sometimes I'm just so in on one thing for a whole week and my mind is expanding, exploding, and then something else gets left out, right? So I'm trying to navigate that. And as we talk to you all, you're going to have to navigate that because you cannot put your head in the sand on this. Trust when I say this, when you see all the things happening and all the businesses that can be spun up, you need to jump in, start doing a couple of things in that area. What are you thinking, Rob? Yeah, now I think that it's really important to remember, you know, and, and like I said, I come to this from a little bit different perspective. You know, I'm a little bit slower on things, a little bit more methodical. And a lot of it comes from, you know, in the Marine Corps, we learned about a couple of things. Number one, you know, we always we improvise, adapt, and overcome. So whatever the obstacle is, whatever the thing that's there, we 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 address it. And we use, right, that dexterity, that entrepreneurial dexterity, that ability to think, that ability to improvise, that ability to to adapt, to overcome the challenge. But I think what a lot of people are doing is they get scared of the threat. They don't actually analyze the threat, right? Whenever you look at these new fads, like I think you think of music, right? Remember when mumble rap came out and everybody was like, oh, my God, they're mumble rap talking. is going to be the new, right? They're not talking. It's going to be the new thing forever. It's like, no, it's sad right they they call it 15 minutes of fame for a reason there are trends there are fads and there are things that that get sticky and i think you, when you look back over throughout history you were just talking about this right these new tools come out mm-hmm. and that's great but a new tool is just that it's a thing that allows you to do something differently than you may have done it before mm-hmm. but it doesn't change the overall relationship of the things one to another Right. Cars didn't replace horses and buggies when the when the Model T came out. Right. It took another 30 years before the the normal mode of transportation was cars instead of horses and buggies. And if you go to Amish Amish places and right, you know, still today in 2023, people use horses and buggies and not cars. Mm-hmm. Right. And they still get done everything that they used to get done. The, the, the key thing to it is just because a new technology comes in, it doesn't mean the old technology doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if what you were doing, right, I was just speaking at an event um, for some realtors the other day. And one of the interesting things about it, you know, that there, there's all these new softwares and all these new things that are out there and yeah. they're trying to get the they're trying to get the agents to to use this stuff. And one of the agents he was like, you know, I have my list of 200 people. I know who refers to me. I know who does it. And it works. And I'm making money and I'm good. And she was like, so are you telling me that I have to change? Right. And I was like, first of all, like, 
Settle that seemed like that, that. That seemed like that. Right. That seemed like that's that's directed to somebody else. I'm like, no, you just said it's working. So why are you changing anything? Right. If it's working, there's no need to change. But be aware that there may be a time when it doesn't work. And if you get to that time that it doesn't work, like you said, be aware of the other tools so that you can pivot, so that you can adapt, so that you can overcome. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole idea, the reason why we carry multiple firearms. Right. If you're going into battle, you got your M4, your M16, but you also have your sidearm. Right. Because if anything happens, you run out of bullets, you run out of whatever. Now you have another weapon and you have a knife as well. You got like there's there's multiple weapons that you're going to have because the objective doesn't change. Right. Identify, close with and neutralize or eliminate the enemy. That objective doesn't change. It doesn't say do it with a uh, M16 from 200 meters away or 100 meters away or right. You can't. Identify, close with, and and eliminate the enemy. Like right. it's not how it works. And I think a lot of people get into this space, and there's this this, this overhyped fear of, oh my god, like you said, AI is going to eat the world, software is going to eat the world. It's like no, nothing has ever eaten the world. <laughs> like in, in, since fire, nothing has ever eaten the world. Right. Like, Go back millennia, and what you see is we as human beings figure out how to do things, how to work, and then there are things that change things, things that make things different, right? But it doesn't completely change how we live, how we do what we do, unless we allow fear to transform us. And so that's, I think that's my thing for business owners. Like, if you're being successful, continue doing what you're doing that's being successful. And utilize the extra time that your success is creating for you to look at how to be more successful Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. we go forward, right? I I like take the Warren Buffett approach, right? Warren Buffett doesn't invest in anything that he doesn't understand. Right. But Warren Buffett reads book a day. So he's constantly, right? So he's constantly researching. He's constantly growing. Like he didn't understand software and all the rest of that stuff 10 years ago so he didn't invest in software and all the rest of that stuff 10 years ago but he's investing in software companies now you know why because he's learned a lot about software over the last 10 years mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. he can take what he knew about insurance what he knew about coca-cola what he knew about all these companies that he understood and now he has also been able to see and learn enough about what's a fad and what's for real in the marketplace so now he can go take that knowledge that he had that made him very successful over here and apply it to this new marketplace you know yeah. when people talk about crypto and all the rest of that type of stuff i remember i had a friend of mine that got into bitcoin so i got out of marine corps in 2017 right and he was talking to me about bitcoin in 2016 right now if you look at it bitcoin in 2016 was like ten dollars a pop or something oh stupid, man right Right. Now, here's the thing, though. I knew nothing about cryptocurrencies in 2016. I didn't know nothing about t- cryptocurrencies really till 2020 when I started paying attention to them. So I definitely wasn't investing in 2016 when he was talking about them. Now, had I invested, could have been a Bitcoin billionaire, just like a whole <laughs> bunch of these other people. Yes, this is true. Right. A thousand dollars would have taken you when it went up to 60,000. Right. Thousand dollars at ten dollar Bitcoin when it's at sixty thousand, you like sixty million dollars. Okay, got it, right? But here's the deal: that's luck, and a lot of people don't realize that that's luck because there was nothing that told you Bitcoin was going to be amazing. Right, right, right. 
and, and that that's that's my dip your toe in moment. Exactly. But right? now here's and the I dipped my toe in and made a couple bucks, but not a lot. But you know, right. a couple bucks. Right. And here's the here's the deal now. Now we have the market. And you can see what the good companies are, what the bad companies are. There's all types of education. There's all types of interfaces, right? Because remember, back in 2016, 2012, what you had to do in order to get Bitcoin, like you had to go to these machines and, and where you could and you could you could never get cash. You could never like there was transactions yeah. and all the rest. It was a very small niche marketing yeah. niche markets where you could actually even do this stuff. And so I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't pay as much attention to is we're only seven years later. You know, six years later, and not only do you have right, you got Coinbase on my phone. You can get crypto in in, in Robinhood, right? Like, I've been able to go purchase things that are still good stocks, good crypto um, currencies to have. And one of the things you find, like we talk about with the gold rush, the coin isn't as important as the things that support the transactions. The shovel, right? The satchel, the, exactly. Uh, uh, the picks. Exactly. Uh, right. So yeah. those are the things. The, and that's what I've learned over this time. So I'm looking at the companies that are actually creating the marketplaces and creating the trade play. Right. Those companies are actually scaling up. Now, Bitcoin, again, because it's the granddaddy, it's going to be it's going to be there. That's great. But you can still make a ton of money. There's a whole bunch of stocks that if they go from one to a thousand or one to a hundred, you're making just as much money as you would have made with Bitcoin when it went yeah. from a yeah. hundred to sixty thousand. I, th I think one of the goals I remember uh, uh, talking with and this guy became a uh, actually a Bitcoin billionaire and I can't remember his name, but he says this is what he would do. So you start looking at these strategies. Right. And depending on the kind of business that you have, um, you know, whether you have a YouTube channel or something like that, you're always checking these things out. Right. So this guy said he had a, what he called a sniffer. Mm. And this was basically a person that just sniffed around. Uh, and check things out as they were emerging. That was his goal. So, you know, you can call him a sniffer, researcher, whatever, right? Sure. So oh, yeah. because he had a sniffer, so he positioned himself in a way that his sniffer would just bring him ideas, bring him stuff that, that's been noticed, or if you have a trend watcher or whatever you want to call it, right? And then you start asking questions of these trends. You start applying insights, to these different things that come in. And again, depending on the business that you've built. Now, I, I try to build a business that can do different things uh, should something emerge that seems interesting because I always wanted to have an interesting life and having an interesting life mean creating a business that can do different things. Of course, there's downsides to that because you're constantly doing different things. You're not doing one thing <laughs> consistently and you got right. the one-thingers, the just concentrate on one-thingers out there. That say, right, right. hey, you only build and make money when you concentrate on one thing. Well, that's fine, right? And mm -hmm. I, it, so anyway, depending on the business that you're building out there, if you got yourself a sniffer, if you got yourself, uh, uh, you know, uh, you position yourself to always and constantly dip a toe in to check stuff out, and uh, say, how can I apply this new thing to what I'm doing to save me time? to uh you know help me run up my business in a whole different way, mm -hmm. help me reduce out cost. Right. I'll give you an example how ChatGPT and the things from OpenAI have already impacted my own business is that I find myself, I'll give you an example. I had a programmer that I was going to work with. Right. Now, this is, this is, if you're listening, programmer, I apologize. I'm sorry. But I put it in, I put the same, I asked 
ChatGPT to create me a PHP script, right? Particular software script for something I wanted for myself, right? I said, hey, look, I'm tired of going to these name generators and they're not doing what I want to do. So I wanted to create my own name gener generator. So I says, hey, ChatGPT, create me a, a PHP script for a name generator. And it just created me a script. And I was kind of like, that's what I needed. So then I went to my programmer and says, hey, uh, is this code any good? Now, I could have went to ChatGPT, but I don't know if it's lying, right? ChatGPT has been kind of like, you know, people are saying this thing is lying. It's not right. <laughs> so I says, okay, what is the easier way to do this? So I asked ChatGPT, I says, hey, can you, what is an easier way to take this PHP script and the light plug it in? I said, oh, well, you know, create an HTML file, right? And I says, well, yeah, we'll do that. And it did it. <laughs> and then I just went nuts, right? I just went in. Yeah. I yep, started yep, asking yep, yep. all kinds of stuff. And then I made a video. I made three videos. So I made a one, hey, here's ChatGPT. Here's me using it. Then the next one was, here's me using it in specific ways. And then what I was able to do, Rob, is I created a some scenes, right? The next two videos were like, I went out and got AI scenes. And depending on what I was talking about, I would introduce a scene. So the first, vi first video was six minutes. The second video was about eight minutes. The third video was 20 minutes. And now, it, and it's more produced, but it's all talking about ChatGPT. Different scenarios. I had it, at, I asked it to make me a screenplay. I asked it to write in the form of the top five prolific, most prolific authors. And it, it just created stuff. So I'm in. Now, you're noticing what's happening in that space. Now, ChatGPT know that they got something, right? Now, think about this. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're saying, how can we possibly earn from what we learn here? Here's the way. They created something that says, hey, society, we want to give you this for free. Now, society is like, we'll take it for free. And then they says, well, a little bit later on, they says, we're going to have a tier that's a paid tier. Now we're kind of going, hey, wait a minute. What do you mean you're going to start charging me for something that was free? That's like all of a sudden they have an air and then going, well, <laughs> if you go in certain sections or if you, you know, uh, uh, sniff too many times, we're going to start charging you. Then you're going to have the people with the pitchforks that are out there going, that's not fair. That's not right. But in your business, you that's that's what we call the freemium model. We offer something for free, right? And if you are a drug dealer, it's like giving product away. <laughs> hey, I give a little product away, get them hooked. Costco. And then same, they come back, right. right? So we can learn from what we're noticing here, letting people use your product, getting to the where they go, oh, wow. And then build on top of it, right? Giving them the API keys and saying, hey, build on this. Didn't Elon must do the same thing with electric car? He says, I'm not going to patent any of this stuff. Now people says, you're not? No, because I want it built upon. I want it created because I want society to be going in a certain direction. And you're starting to go, And it also makes sure they can't brilliant. nobody build upon it and then patent what they build upon exactly. because they're building upon your open source stuff. So, so it's not original thought. <laughs> we have this stuff that's available to us and we can now build upon it go down rabbit holes, do whatever it is, but grab so much insight. And that's what I find myself doing. Now, if I'm Google that has, you know, used search as my main engine, it's already being threatened because the time that you're not on Google, 
and you're on chat gpt and chat gpt mm-hmm. now finds a way to charge you yeah now the Google funny becomes, thing about it is right and you know what's what's going to wind up happening because you know who a major investor in chat gpt is right right now here's the microsoft interesting just thing. gave microsoft, up 10 billion dollars to say basically go build more stuff for us right now if i'm not mistaken the initial investment that microsoft put into chat gpt was something like a million dollars a they million made, or a billion no oh no 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 it was a it was a billion dollars what they this is another they they made an original investment into they apple the toe in. they made an original investment into apple and they gave them something like 100 million dollars and in five years or whatever it was worth 550 million dollars so they sold their share what was interesting about that was if you look at it if they just held on to that share right they just made 4x their money they're like this is awesome let's go but if they would have held on to it that would have that that share that they had of apple would have been worth uh like 10 billion dollars now yeah <laughs> i always like the peel off approach right yeah. and i i no, i just have some people working my money, man, because the up and downs of the market was just messing your guy up. Yep. So what, but I always believed in the peel off both ways. Mm-hmm. I had exactly. a, a goal. If it went up 33%, mm-hmm. then I would peel off and leave the original. That way exactly. you can realize the gains. But if it it exactly. went down 33%, then I would use that as a uh, you know, tax loss harvesting. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and then you also do the, you also do the uh, the dollar cost averaging so that your position is continuing to grow, especially if you're buying and holding. Right. And I didn't always right. do dollar cost averaging, though. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's so, my that, that's that's my big thing. Like, here's the interesting thing with and, and, and this this fits into all of this type of stuff of, of figuring out what you're doing, where you're doing it. Right. Because you talked about, you know, doing a lot of things, doing one thing. The thing that people have to understand is there's a difference between your business and your investments unless your business is investing. And here's here here's what 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 I mean by that. Diversification is always the concept that we talk about because you never want to put all your eggs in one basket, proverbially. But you're going to put a majority of your eggs in one basket, no matter what you're doing. You're putting a majority of your time into one thing. You're you're focusing right. If you're spending eight hours a day on whatever you're spending eight hours a day on, that's a majority of your time. So you're putting your eggs, a lot of your eggs, in a basket. And that's necessary, right, to get the kind of escape velocity that you need to to, to make that thing launch. Mm-hmm. But if you're a business owner, if you're a small business owner, the thing that you should be focused on is whatever it is you're doing, doing it consistently well over time because time is undefeated, right? And the biggest thing that you can do is just understand the power of compounding. And even if you're just getting incrementally better, this is what most people don't understand. Even if you're just getting a little bit better a day, right? So, so here's a here's an interesting thing, right? You you've heard it talked about before. If you get one percent better per day, how how you can do? But I even broke it down. If you only get one percent better in your business per week, one percent better in your business per week, fifty weeks a year, you will be sixty four percent better at the end of the year than you started. Sure. Every year. Then that, if you do that for five years, you've done 64% better one year. Now you're exponentially 64% better than you started that year, right? Again, 64% better. You, you, you wind up over five years being, being able to 3X your business without having made gargantuan gains. But, but just, by just improving 1% per week, 
right? And some people don't understand how amazing we can do if we just increase our, if we just improve ourselves slowly over time. So the head down what, entrepreneur, yeah, how are they, they doing yeah, that? How are they right. pulling their head up enough to go, can this new thing that I just noticed help me get 1% better? And this is the whole point. I, 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 think that's a, I think that's the wrong question. Don't worry about this new thing that you noticed and getting you 1% better. You, you talked about it at the beginning. So how, what do we do? How do we make five-year plans? And how do we do this? And how do we do that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The same way you've always done it. It's not as if, like, we've gone to the moon. Like, life has changed in the last 200 years. But guess what? Coca-Cola was here before we went to the moon. And Coca-Cola was here after we went to the moon. And Coca-Cola is still the number one soft drink company in the world. Like, like, like these things continue. These things, these things move. And the reason why it's important is because you kick your head up and you think about what your next five-year plan is going to be, what your next three years. Now, if there's something that you can incorporate, great. I'm not saying be blind to it. But don't put the premium on finding the new shiny thing mm. because 1% a week is going to get you there. But if you're like the hare, like the tortoise, I mean, like the hare and the tortoise and the hare, and you run and stop, 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 you don't, you lose track of how you're undermining yourself because when you're running, you're moving really fast. But you have no concept of how long you were taking a nap. That's incredible, man. I, I've been toying with this idea of creating a, a, a piece of writing. I don't know if it's going to be a book or whatever called the tortoise and hare business. Mm -hmm. And with the idea that you, why decide? Given what we are faced with now and the opportunities that exist now, do I even have to decide to be a tortoise or a hare? Or can I have a yes. tortoise business and a hare business? That's, right. that's, that's the diversification, right? It, that's diversification i i agree with you so and then and then what becomes even even more strategic is and you, you don't even have to operate these businesses you exactly. get yourself an now operator, you're an investor <laughs> right you jump right to what robert kiyosaki said in his books right you jump right to investor is it possible the question becomes mm -hmm. and and for me how i looked at this was because when I started our bridge business Institute, it was with the idea that I couldn't decide on an idea. So I'm, a, I'm going to create many ideas. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I said, well, I tried to run them all mm -hmm. and it was a dismal failure because I, you know, you get going on one thing. It's like, Oh, new shiny thing. Right. Yep. There it is. So, but if you have a business that your whole job is to create Oper have someone operate, make money, right? Exactly. And then you become, in essence, the advisor to that business. That that actually uh, modeled this uh, our bridge by a guy that I saw that was doing just that, right? He he would, mm -hmm. you know, have all these different businesses. He would um, get operators to you know CEOs, whatever, and then he would have exits. Exactly. Right, and that was yeah. his whole model. Right. It's an investment strategy. And it, and, and I, we've talked about this before. I told you, I'm never going to start a business the way that I started this business ever again. Right. This business has been sweat equity. It's been me being every I've worn all the hats and now I'm hiring out the hats and doing all the rest of that. And we've talked about this off camera a number of times. I learned a I can build a six figure business by myself 
right? Like, you know, or, and, and not necessarily by myself, but you know, the, the traditional entrepreneur eight figure business, well, right. Right. That's the key. And I know that getting to seven figures is difficult doing it that way. And since everything that I want to do is seven figures or plus, then I realize I'm like, I'm not building a business like this anymore because it's faster and easier to go and find all the people that already know how to do the things and to say, here's the vision, here's the dream, let's get the team together. I got financing, I got these people, we got three years or, you know, or even if it's, we got six months or one year worth of financing, go make six figures in one year and we'll continue rolling, rolling on this. Go. Yeah. Now, I'll still be around. I'll still be there. I'll still have all, all of all of the information and everything that I have. But I know that the thing that I'm really good at is very narrow part of the business. There's a whole bunch of other people that are really good at all this other stuff, marketing and, and, and copywriting and advertising and, you know, sales and all of those types of things I don't need to be involved in. I'm going to hire people that are really good at it. We're going to put the money together. We're going we're gonna to set it up. And worst case scenario, we break even. Yeah, and that's the approach that I was listening to a guy that uh, he owns a company called I think uh, it's called uh, Tiny Venture Cap, right? So he mm-hmm. it's a venture capital capital company. He says, you know, he said that he was investing in all these different companies, right, and just doing the old VC model, and he says it just hasn't worked for him. Yeah, but well, the, when the he would start don't companies, realize about the VC model is that. It's actually set up to only be 30%. He said it wouldn't work. So he started starting different companies, being, you know, the majority owner of them, getting the operator. Like I said, now this is a different guy, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Gross. But he he said that's working because he could look at it and says, hey, look, I'm making 25, 30, 40% on my money doing Mm -hmm. this versus having an investment in all these these little companies that were going to zero or whatever. Right. Yeah. Now that's the key. And the key with that is if you know that your skill, like my skill is leadership. My skill is getting people together, getting the best out of them and getting them to do extraordinary, even with ordinary talent. Right. If that's what I'm good at, the people, those people don't need my money. Right. I don't want to just go give money to a cause and let them continue to 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 wallow in the normalcy of business when right i, I was watching robert smith talk about this and he was saying you know because he has uh i think his vista is is yeah. his uh is his um vc firm and what he was saying is he does the, the companies that, model too within that exactly right because what he's saying is with the, the companies that we go help the companies that we invest in the reason we invest in them is because they may be doing something and making money, but we've already done it a hundred times. So we have a system that can get them there 10 times faster. Oh, that's So brilliant. what we do is we go and invest in them and give them our systems because we know that the return is going to be amazing because they're already demonstrating that they can make money the hard way. So we give them the easy way and then they go 10x their money. And then we, of course, we make money because, right, it's that concept of, right, I have an entire business that's designed on going into companies and teaching leaders how to get more product, more more productivity, more profitability, right? We we know the numbers. I was just doing. He was part of what I was looking up on Chat GPT. I was getting all the all the studies together and all the numbers because I've been doing this research on my own. And I was like, let's see how fast Chat GPT can get it. And so we were sitting there, and it's like, you know, one of the numbers that I love is like, for every one percent increase in productivity, that correlates to a one point two to one point five percent increase in profitability for an organization. Now, 
we already know that good leaders can be anywhere, can make a team anywhere more, from, uh, anywhere from 21 to 37% more productive, right? And that directly goes to the bottom line. That's if it's at the 20% level, that's 24 to 30% more profit. Mm -hmm. Just by switching out your leaders or by training your leaders, helping your leaders get better, right? Mm -hmm. If I know that, because that's the business that I'm in, if I'm going to be an investor, you better believe that I'm not just going to give my money to a company. I'm going to come and bring time and expertise and get those leaders better because that will actually give me a three, 30% return on investment on whatever money I put in there. Yeah. See, and it, look, if you're listening here and you, you're digging what you're listening to, smash the like button. If you're seeing this on, um, on YouTube, smash the like button, you know, put in the comments what you're thinking. What do you think about all this? Right. I, should you are we full of canal water here are you listening in a way where you're saying that makes sense what's next now if you want to give us a call you know we'll leave uh in the description we'll leave uh, a way to get in contact with us or whatever but if what you're hearing today you can now translate that in a way that you go huh let me see if what they're putting down, I can pick up and then go make money in my business. If you do, let us know. Hey, we made money in our business. We want to hear more. Take us deeper, whatever it is. Uh, and we also need to know if you've done this stuff, if you've used these things and you've, you've been inspired, you've gotten an insight, you've added it to other insights. And from that, you then create. Let us know. Right. Because we like to help people at every area. When you hear something, you go, I'm inspired. Then you go, well, I'm inspired, but I'm busy. But then we go, OK, well, let's let's let us show you how to get more productivity. Right. And that's when I, we, we sick Rob on you. Right. And we don't <laughs> go. And then you say, well, you know, I, I would like to create, have my sniffer create these other things. Then I, you know, I jump in and go, OK, let's double dust this thing and let's create a little, a, give it a little oxygen and then see if it can survive. If it does, great. If it doesn't, you know. Well, then you kill it. Right. But then mm -hmm. that becomes the opportunity to increase your business in a very particular way. I tell you, overall, I'm excited. The struggle that I was having, Rob, and you were asking me this, you know, what you've been up to. I said, trying to stay kind of on an even keel and not get too excited. Because then, of course, it becomes new shiny thing syndrome and a big problem, <laughs> right? Yes. Trying to capture a bit of it and say, okay, here's what I can do with this piece of information that then, because I had traditionally, Rob, I've traditionally been early. I thought about AI and what you could do with AI three to four years ago. I can remember it very specifically. I was walking down by St. Mary's Hospital, right? Doing a walk mm -hmm, on Jefferson mm -hmm. Street. And I says, it came to me. You and your AI making money. I wrote it down, right? Because I keep, you know, uh, ability to write stuff down or on my phone, right? And I says, mm -hmm. you and your AI making money. And I just left it there. I literally looked in my tub of ideas. I had a note that was dated mm -hmm. three and a half years ago. You and your AI. Back then, it was only, you only had Siri and Alexa. But I thought, huh, they're going to come out with more AI. What can we do with those AIs? And I did not forward that because I didn't know how deep we would go in this stuff. But I wish now that I had created a landing page, put something on it, you and your AI making money, find out how, blah, blah, blah. Right? Something like yep, that. And then yep, when yep. all this came, 
added maybe a couple of articles, blah, 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 you know, got some content on it. See, that's that's the business that I have. That I create these small little things that introduce an idea, add in how to make money from it from my own you know, person's perspective, and then start getting people over there that are also interested in that, building these little, little communities of people saying, hey, I like that. That was interesting. Thank you for that article, whatever. And then monetizing that. Yeah. But what yeah, no, it sounds it's great. becoming so fast that I've been I've been the bottleneck. I'm like, the, okay, uh, I got I got a site built. Yeah. Or it's halfway built. And then I well, I gotta go and do mm, now you gotta else. do something else. You gotta do right. And so the, 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 I, I tell you all the time, the big thing is figure out what the picture is. And your question, you were the one that coined this. I just I just took it and ran with it because I love it so much. Who do you need? Yeah. Yeah, who do you need? And I got that from um uh well I can't remember the guy's name, but the book that says who, not how. Now yeah. I've introduced a, another tier to that, Rob. And I've been excited about this because I've been helping entrepreneurs see it like this. So it's oh. it's not how you ask what and who, because now exactly. what is software? Yeah, what can and, help and, and, me? Who can help and, 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 and. Right, right. What and who in that space, right? First is what do I want to do? Right. You know, I talk about it all the time. Defining success is the number one thing. And most people struggle because they try to, they like don't have that. a clear picture of what success define is. So you define success, number one. Then you're trying to figure out how to get there. But the questions about how to get there are, to your point, it's not how do I get there. Yeah. It's how do we, whoever we is, yeah. get from here to here. Right. Who How do we get from get where we are faster. to that what? And then the next question is who and what do I need to get there faster? So it becomes that consistency of asking or having the a goal, right? Or having defined That's why the goal success. is so important. Success defined success will never go away because as Yogi Berra once famously said, if you don't know where you're going, anyway will do. That's right. I'm going to Chicago, and then you go. What could get me there faster? Well, a bike could get you there. Yeah, but what would be more reasonable? Well, a train could get you there. Uh, yeah, but is that the way I want to go? A car, a plane. When you start saying the what, right? And then it says, well, who can help me get down to the plane? That's where you, I think, get breakthroughs. That's the key. But you first got to start with what the success looks like. So, I mean, yeah, success the, looks like getting to Chicago. That's the number one thing, defining success. Exactly. Right. Right. And, and what happens oftentimes, and this is where we have to do everything we can to get you past stuff, uh, is we get stuck on deciding on these things and never move at all. That's so a key. month later, you're still, yeah, I just haven't decided on what to use. Right. And it's because a lot of times we're not sure, again, what success looks like. Because here's the deal. If I know, clearly, I want to get to Chicago in four hours in the middle of rush hour traffic. Yeah. That starts to tell you that certain hows are not going to work to get you that success. I like that. That's good. Right? A train can get you there in four hours in the middle of rush hour traffic because traffic don't bother the train. Right? The train has right away. They get the, the crossings, even though it's rush hour traffic. Do, 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 do. Nobody <laughs> can get across the track. See, right? that's brilliant. Understand what he's saying right now. Right? Imagine your company and you're going, yeah, how do I? Then insight, because we are constantly out there learning stuff, right? This is something I just came across this piece of information and it's like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Guy said, don't learn for you, 
don't read for you. Don't do. He says, do it for your customers. Yes. I was like, what? He says, do all these things for your customers because they may be so busy doing other stuff that they haven't had time to go out and learn this new thing. But you become the epicenter of knowledge for them. I was like, yes. So because there's a degree of, should I be selfish here and spend the day learning something? Because I'll spend whole days learning something in the middle. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, that's the whole key. Now you learn it for your customers. Once you define success, the how becomes illuminated. If you can't define success, then the how doesn't make sense. Yeah, that right there, I think, is so applicable, right? It is uh, some entrepreneurs that I've been talking with and coaching lately literally have been making me so proud because they've gotten rid of distractions and gotten stuff that I laid out done. Those are the ones I get most proud of, right? Is that you say, do it like this. Or what do you think about this? And they go, I I, I see myself being able to do that. I says, now you don't have to do it yourself because you can get somebody to build you templates. You can get somebody, no, I want to do it myself. And then they remove the distractions to get it done. And then that next week you see, or you coach with them and, and they got it done. Right now it says, now that you've done it, ask yourself a question. How much time did you put into it? And can you hire it out? at a different level yeah right they've done it because we all i think have the diy gene in us we want to <laughs> do it ourselves right and all we look at people that's doing it be like get out of here i can do this <laughs> shit you no you exactly shouldn't. exactly you, you have to start understanding that. what your strength is just because you can doesn't mean you should right and and that i think becomes that that productivity leverage leverage moment just like with chat chat, chat gpt you could spend i found myself man i must have been in it for about four hours now this is before <laughs> they start introducing they're the slowly weaning you off of just being Going. in there for hours yeah and they're starting to go hey this is too much for the day yeah right and i think it's like i think i've heard site is down like 96 percent of the time <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming <laughs> because it's so overloaded but yeah, no, yeah. i i i agree with you and at the end of the day it's 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 understanding I think that question, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And being able to understand how to utilize discretion as an entrepreneur over where your time is best suited for your businesses, for your customers, for your uh, for your life. And, you know, we, we talk about that all the time in time mastery. That's the whole key is how do you know what you're supposed to be doing with your time how do you make sure that your time is not only is not only efficient but how do you make sure it's effective yeah and you've got um i believe a workshop webinar coming up on time mastery what's the name of it again yeah we're doing a double your time master class um it starts monday actually um and it's going to be five days of me helping people to understand how to uh how to what the roadblocks are, what the obstacles are, and how to overcome the obstacles so they can actually get more time, more success, more fulfillment so they don't feel like they're on that hamster wheel. Get off the hamster wheel, hamster wheel, y'all. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you're, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Unless and that hamster to... wheel is like, you know, connected to something that creates <laughs> energy and then you can take the energy and package it and sell it. I, I, you know, maybe, then get on the hamster maybe. wheel. Maybe. Right. But yeah, they can go to LegacyThrive.com and find out uh, more information about that.
LegacyThrive.com. Okay, now if I were if I were uh, Russell Brunson, I would I would, you know, be showing you some stuff, and I'd be all excited. And I'd be like, "Hey, you got to go over here. And you got to." But y'all know what to do. There we go. You heard us talk about these things, these productivity hacks, these opportunities to you know do stuff with your time. Now you're going to get it from five days from Rob on how to do it. Walk you right through it. Any questions? None. All right. All right. So, hey, Rob, what else can we share with uh, our audience about these uses of software, whether or not you blow up your business plan, uh, whether or not AI is eating the world? What can we leave them with that gives them hope on on how to leverage all this stuff? Yeah, I think like I've, like I've been saying the whole time, it's don't blow up your business. Don't 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 feel like you got to start off from scratch. Oh, my God, I did it so wrong. If it's working. Remember that it's working. That doesn't mean it's always going to work, but it does mean that it's working right now. So you do not have to panic, right? Like, calm down, relax. Utilize your ability to think into the future and to analyze the situation and come up with the best solution for you and for your business going forward. Do not make decisions out of fear. As my father always says, in a time of crisis, those who panic perish. Those who panic perish, and and, and I kind of take a a slightly different approach on that. I always say if you keep a toe dipped in, you create different lanes. Then you've basically in your business you've made room for these new opportunities. If exactly. Kodak had says we're going to create a digital division, mm-hmm. that's literally going to challenge our traditional division mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then gave them enough money enough you know to to breathe a bit but if you want more then create something that we can use even if and i've heard this before even if it cannibalizes the cash cow business right and at the end of the day that's all about making reasonable and reasoned decisions see the, and that's the that's the other fear of the other side, right? Kodak did the exact opposite. Kodak put their head in the sand and acted like it wasn't happening, right? Yes, you will get slaughtered, right? Kodak does not exist anymore, just so that everybody's aware, right? Bankrupt, got all the stuff got bought out. Eastman Kodak had been in business for over 100 years. Kodak does not exist anymore because instead of doing what worked and planning for the future of the new thing, Kodak said, Nope, there's nothing new happening here. Nothing to see here. Nope, we're not going to patent anything. We're not going to do. They owned the the the, the technology yeah. for digital cameras, yeah. for digital photos. They owned that technology. They could patent it. They could have licensed it. They could have done some. They could have created other streams of income. So let me be very clear here. What I'm not saying is try to act like the future ain't coming. That's not what I said. What I said is don't panic because the future's coming. But you best believe and you best Give the appropriate appreciation to the fact that the future is coming, but also remember that it's coming. It ain't here. All right. Y'all heard it. Take that and run with it. Make some money and then let us know how you did it. (laughs) There we go. All right. That's it. That's the show. Talk again soon, y'all. Y'all have a great one, everybody.